Season 5, Episode 26, your midweek bonus episode. I didn't know whether we would even have one because it's Thanksgiving week. But apparently the stupidity is just overflowing. And I'm thankful for that. Yes, indeed. And of course, if you think this midweek bonus episode is full of prime and ripe stupidity, ready to stuff your turkey, just wait till we have what we have for you between me and my insane Florida nephew. That'll be coming up in the weekend episode, which you can listen to as you fall asleep from all the over amounts of turkey that you've indulged in over Thanksgiving. But in the meantime, um, here's a little appetizer. All the stories that you're going to hear in this podcast are true. None of the names have been changed because we've all done something stupid. Saint Eric Lane, and welcome to the midweek bonus episode of My Stupid World. Just remember, if you see something stupid, say something stupid. And if you like the podcast, make sure you rate and review it, because I get five-star stupidity for you. So give it a five-star rating, and maybe even write a review of the podcast. I just might read it in an upcoming episode. And if you want to tattoo the name of your boyfriend on your forehead and try to make everybody think it's real, I just might have you on my podcast, too, like I did here on a previous episode. And, of course, I think we all knew it was a fake. Well, now we know it's a fake. We're talking about the 27-year-old UK woman that sparked outrage after she inked her boyfriend's name, tattooed on her forehead, well, now, of course, she's come out now and said the whole thing was a hoax. She was really just trying to discourage youngsters from getting inked. She detailed her alleged that phishing scam um, on a TikTok video with over 21 million views. She says, I regret my tattoo, but not this one, because this is actually not a real tattoo. We're talking about Anna Stanskovsky. She said this in a video reveal. And the accompanied footage shows the Londoner using a rag to wipe away the forehead tattoo that featured the first name of her boyfriend, Kevin, in pretty purple lettering. <clears throat> this marks the culmination of a rather ludicrous saga that began about a week ago when Stenskovsky filmed herself appearing to get the ink an ill-advised ink job at a local tattoo parlor. Now, the shocking clip probably drew in over 30 million views and a few face palms from the critics that deemed her bow-honoring body art foolhardy and short-sighted, and uh, many online skeptics, most notably a celebrity tattoo artist by the name of Kevin Paul, were quick to point out Stanskowski's so-called permanent proclamation of love was a too gazzy. <clears throat> yes, 100% uh, fake. That's what Paul said, He who tattooed Rihanna, uh, Harry Styles, and Ed Sheeran. Apparently, he knows uh, knows his tattoos. He said, it's literally black marker pen. The tattoo expert said he spotted several telltale signs of tomfoolery, including the fact that the machine wasn't even running. That, that, that would be the tattoo machine. 
and there was no needle going into the skin, and she didn't display any post-ink symptoms. He said her skin would have been raised and welted. The indignant ink wizard declared of her alleged skin deep fake, all the pores would be raised up. You'd also see ink and blood dripping down her face. Stenskovsky initially denied those allegations in a series of clips. The heavily tattooed Brit eventually then came clean in the clip. Well, <clears throat> here's Anna admitting that it was a big fake, and she gave people a little public service announcement about thinking twice before getting their own tattoos. I regret my tattoo, but not this one, because this is actually not a real tattoo. And the reason why I trick the whole internet is that I have a message to young people. I want everyone to know that I regret my tattoos and you might regret yours when you get older. And now the TikToker claims she wasn't punking people for internet clout, but rather to discourage youngsters from getting body graffiti that they might regret down the line. She says I have a message to young people and all the people that want to get covered with tattoos. The prolific skin tagger declared in the PSA, I want everybody to know that I regret my tattoos and you may regret yours when you get older. Stenskowski added that it's her responsibility as a heavily inked person to influence people in the right way so they won't make the same mistakes she did. So, in short, she was saying, do as I say, not as I do. That might include maybe making deep fake videos. <clears throat> well, guys, maybe you have let a significant other win at miniature golf. Have you? Taken them out for a little game of miniature golf and you just let them win? Because, well, if you did show them your actual skills and beat them at the game, well, they might leave you. There's a study on competitiveness that was observed women as they perform tasks against strangers and then against romantic partners. Well, the interesting thing, it found that the women's concentration and willingness to compete were actually lower when they were paired with a romantic partner, meaning they tried harder against strangers. And yet there were more likely, they were more likely to win against their partner. The researchers said that might be because the men let them win as a result of the, quote, quote spouse retention strategies. I'll bet you didn't even know there was such a thing. The idea is that they let the women win to, quote, prevent the partners from leaving or being poached by other competitors. Now, some reports are comparing this to the old saying, happy wife, happy life. But it's interesting that they don't dig into why the women are also softer when they're competing against their partners. Maybe they're also deploying spouse retention strategies and are concerned that their guy might not be able to handle feeling like he couldn't beat her at something like miniature golf. Boy, oh boy, talk about a little song and dance act going on here, you know? Maybe that's why I didn't get that many dates because I didn't let anybody win. <laughs> so, well, there's a 44-year-old Texas man who was acting cool as a cucumber, calm and collected, as a game warden was searching his vehicle for drugs. <clears throat> and the whole time that went on, he was holding a cup full of methamphetamine, according to officials. 
The game warden conducted this traffic stop after spotting a pickup, hauling a trailer with broken lights and other <clears throat> transportation violations near Lubbock. That's uh, according to the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department uh, in a news release. A Texas game warden found meth hidden inside the man's 44-ounce drink cup during the traffic stop, according to officials. After the vehicles pulled over, the driver and the passenger waited with the deputy while the game warden looked up the driver's information, according to the release. And at one point, the driver retri retrieved a burrito and a 44-ounce drink from the truck with permission from the deputy, according to the officials. Uh, when the game warden asked the driver's consent to search the truck, the man confidently complied, stating he didn't have any drugs, didn't have any drugs or anything in the vehicle, according to the TPWD. Now, that, of course, was not a lie. <clears throat> However, when the game warden wanted to look at the drink in the driver's hand, the man suddenly hesitated, according to the press release. Well, eventually, the driver handed over the drink, and the game warden lifted the lid and found, well, what do you know, an orange baggie inside with five grams of a substance that tested positive for meth, according to the officials. And according to the investigators, <clears throat> the driver also confirmed the substance was indeed meth, and he was taken into custody. I mean, this has got to be the most dangerous thing that you have in a cup, maybe just behind Nissen Foods cup noodles, of course. But imagine accidentally drinking from this cup. You'd probably be more hopped up than a kid after too much Coke. Yeah, well, anyway. Well, nice try, guy. Nice try. Well, <clears throat> I mean, uh, you've seen people when you go on vacation with their selfies. You know, we saw a lot of them at Niagara Falls, right? Well, of course, you wonder, be careful if you're going to stand at the edge of a cliff and get a picture, right? Well, obviously, you might know, and we have talked about in prior episodes on this very podcast, selfie-related injuries and deaths at tourist hotspots have become such a massive risk that they should be viewed, as one researcher suggests, as a public health problem. Of particular concern are those selfie-related deaths at the picturesque aquatic locations like waterfalls, according to the University of New South Wales, Australia. Now, part of the study examined how selfie-related injuries and deaths were reported in the media. Identified in the four peer-reviewed studies were falls from a height like a cliff or a waterfall as the most common incident, and drowning was the second most common cause of death. People often climbed over barriers and fenced off areas to get to that perfect selfie spot, according to the report. Hmm, sounds familiar. The mean age of victims was about 22 years old, most of whom were female tourists. The selfie-related incident phenomenon should be viewed as a public health problem that requires a public health risk communication response, according to the report's conclusion. To date, <clears throat> little attention has been paid to averting selfie-related incidents through behavior change methodologies or direct messaging to users, including through social media apps. Um, previous research recommended no selfie zones, barriers, and signage as a way to prevent selfie-related injuries and deaths. The report go went on to say, our results suggest this may not be enough, and it may be prudent to also engage in direct safety messaging to social media users. Media reporting of selfie incidents should focus on preventative messaging rather than blame or warning. A Brazilian woman named Fernanda Morella 
was celebrating her 33rd birthday, and she fell to her death while taking a sunset selfie at the Kangaroo Point Cliffs by the Brisbane River back in 2021. And a 21-year-old British tourist named Madeline Davis fell to her death from a cliff at Diamond Bay Reserve in Sydney's eastern suburbs in 2020, in the year 2020. And then later that same year, a 38-year-old, Rosie Lumba, was taking a photo at the Baroka Lookout, nicknamed Selfie Rock, at, Victoria, at Victoria's Grampians National Park, and she fell to her death there. Miss Lumba and her husband had been taking photos after climbing a fence, and other people were there also queuing for a photo. An inquest into her death led Deputy State Coroner Jackie Hawkins to recommend extra warning signs to be installed at the lookout. I think the signs really aren't doing that much good. I think maybe just have someone come up and club them on top of the head and drag them away. Well, there's an Australian woman who had to call into work when a 13-pound elephant seal prevented her from moving her car from her house. Yeah, blocking her car. The southern Tasmanian woman said she has found the best excuse ever to not go to work. When she woke up with this ginormous seal in her front yard, the tagged southern elephant seal, affectionately known to the locals as Neil, Neil the seal, has garnered quite the internet following over the past few years, you see. He is known for um, popping up at beaches around Hobart, sunning himself on roads, and playing with the traffic cones that were put in place to protect him. Well, we got Amber Harris here talking about the SEAL's visit to her home. I heard a noise outside and I I thought that somebody was um, trying to break into my car. And then next minute, I've got this big SEAL looking up at me in my bedroom window and it's like, oh, hello. (laughs) I think it's going to go down in the books as the best excuse (laughs) in history of not to go to work. You know, but for all of his antics, Southern Beaches resident Amber Harris never expected to see Neil in her yard. Miss Harris said when she saw the SEAL, she called her boss to let him know She was going to be a little late. There's not a lot you can do with a 1,300-pound seal at your car, she says. Now, my guess is, did the boss believe her? Now, maybe that would have been a good time for a selfie. (laughs) Well, police ultimately nabbed one of two serial car burglary suspects after crashing at a high speed into a parked vehicle as law enforcement were closing in on them. And ironically, the man has a neck tattoo. Oh yeah, wait for it. It reads, all gas, no brakes, which cops noted in announcing their capture. See, while speeding through the streets, the suspect sped right past the deputy, turned around and sped right back down the same street while trying to find a way out. The neighborhood surveillance video captured the moment when the Cadillac slammed into an unoccupied parked vehicle. The sheriff's office said deputies immediately then pulled the two suspects out of the disabled Cadillac, got them secured, and requested emergency medical services to treat the injured suspects. The driver, 37-year-old Timothy Allen Hogue of Apopka, and the passenger, 31-year-old Rebecca Kozub of Okoe. Both were taken to a local hospital for treatment of their crash-induced injuries. After being treated and released from the hospital, the detectives interviewed Hogue, and 
He admitted to the burglary, saying that it was Rebecca Kozub's idea, according to the sheriff. He also said that he fled because he just freaked out. Hogue has been arrested and charged with multiple crimes. Authorities said Kozub remains hospitalized after suffering a fractured leg in the crash. And, of course, charges are pending. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the, guy's, the guy's tattoo says it all. All gas, no brakes. I'd say it's definitely appropriate. But even more fitting would be all gas, no brains. The tattoo on his neck, of course. So clearly the man is prone to making very poor decisions. <laughs> well, of all the household essentials that you and I rely on every day to keep ourselves clean and fresh and fed, well, toilet roll is among the most expensive. Did you know that? Many supermarkets' own brand aren't really good enough quality to not fall apart while you're trying to wipe. And branded products often will set you back a little bit. So it's no surprise that one mother considered rationing the toilet paper that she buys for her family. She's got three kids who managed to go through not one, not two, but three full rolls of toilet paper every single day. <laughs> the mom said she has no idea what her household is doing with the roll to be getting or going through so much of it so quickly. She thinks it's ridiculous that they're essentially using a roll each time, each and every day, even when they're out of the house at school. In a post on a UK social forum called Mumsnip, the exasperated woman writes, quote, we're getting through a minimum of three rolls a day. Bearing in mind, I am out at work and the kids are at school. The final straw was me getting a fresh roll out at 7 p.m. and going to the toilet just now and finding the roll empty. What the actual F are they doing with it? I've lost the plot and given them a roll each and told them they best make it last until the next delivery comes. Guess I'll <clears throat> work out who the culprit is based on who comes asking for more first. Seriously, though, a whole roll in less than four hours? And I've been for one wee in that time. One wee. One, one wee in four hours. She says, I never thought I'd be the type of balloon to impose toilet roll restrictions, but it's getting ridiculous. She says, sometimes I'll go to the bathroom and find two brand new empty rolls on the floor over the course of a half a day out of nowhere. Am I being unreasonable to impose rations until I can work? What the hell is going on with it? Now, in further posts, the mom went on to explain she has a 12-year-old son and two daughters that are 13 and 15. Now, the 15-year-old girl is neurodivergent and used to use 15 squares of toilet paper every time she used the bathroom. But the mom has insisted she's stopped doing this now so she doesn't believe she's the culprit. She also claimed she's not angry at her kids for using the toilet paper if they have a need for the excessive amounts. But she's mildly frustrated that it's costing her so much money. So now that nobody's owning up to it. The mom also said her partner who doesn't appear to live with the family, is just as exasperated and confused as she is and backs the idea of rationing toilet paper until a solution is reached. Many comments on the post also seem to be on her side, although some noted rationing seemed a bit extreme. What I would do is what, just go back to the good old days, you know, back when they didn't have toilet paper. Just put an old catalog in there or just maybe a stack of newspapers or... There's always the corn cob.
<laughs> Four rolls of toilet paper a day? Wow, man. Oh, well. Maybe you should just forget the toilet paper and put in a bidet. Well, you know the old expression, <clears throat> when it rains, it pours, right? Well, uh, the actor Will Smith, you know, the guy who likes to be, who likes to slap people during the Oscars. Well, Will just can't seem to get himself dried off. Here's the latest storm cloud that's looming over Will's head. First, you had the Oscar slap. Now you have a guy who is supposedly a former friend and an employee that's claiming he once caught old Will having man love with another guy in a dressing room on the set of The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Now, this guy's name is Brother Bilal. He supposedly walked in on Will, getting jiggy with it, with another actor named Dwayne Martin. You know who Dwayne Martin is, right? Well, Will was on the <clears throat> receiving end, if you will. This is what he said on a recent podcast. I saw sexual acts that I when I walked in on. Who'd you walk in on? Him and Dwayne Martin. So I'm running all over the, the, the studio. He's not in his dressing room. I go to the cafeteria. I'm like, where is this guy at? So now I'm holding Dwayne down too. So I have the keys to his dressing room. All right, I open the door to Dwayne's dressing room. And that's when I see Dwayne and having sex with Will. There was a couch and Will was bent over on the couch and Dwayne was standing up, killing him. Murder, like murder. It was murder in there. What did you do? Even when I was with the deer and headlights and I finally said, oh, huh? <laughs> okay, well, Will's rep has already denied it, saying the story is completely fabricated and the claim is unequivocally false. Meanwhile, Jada Pinkett had a two-word response when the paparazzi asked her about it. She says, we suing. There's been no word from Dwayne Martin. Hmm. <laughs> well, okay. Stupidity is not limited to just nobody. It can get into the rich and famous as well, I guess. And well, owners and managers of these new rage rooms around the country, they're warning that there is a growing number of customers who are engaging in sexual acts within the confines of their facilities. Now, keep in mind... It wasn't that long ago on another episode of this podcast that, uh, well, my insane Florida nephew, Pancho Guerrero, and I were talking about how um, the same thing was happening in these, um, these, these, these places that you have to go and find your way out. You know, I can't remember what they're called. But rage rooms are different. They're spaces where you can go in and spend time in a private room smashing up various items like plates and televisions and radios and tables and more with blunt objects, according to a USA Today report. Customers often come for bachelorette parties or date nights or wear protective gear when they slam crowbars and baseball bats and sledgehammers down on fragile objects. Rage rooms, which boomed following the COVID-19 pandemic, offer visitors a safe place to release that pent-up anger. <clears throat> but now customers are using the venue for another type of cathartic release. Uh, Corey Holtum, who owns the rec room in Las Vegas, told USA Today, every once in a while, people do get a little handsy. I've had some customers lay down together in a room full of broken glass. So maybe there's a danger aspect to it. Being in that atmosphere, it's super weird. 
So I think people tend to go to a primal place. Hmm. Okay, well, maybe they should just rename these as whack rooms, you know, where people can come and get slammed. <laughs> well, anyway, <clears throat> here's something that happened not at a rage room, but at, at a former jail cell. It's off, it isn't often that, you know, people are arrested, you know, for breaking into jail, but there is a place in St. Louis, Missouri called the Medium Security Institution. It used to be a city jail, but it was shut down and it basically sat empty ever since. And as you would expect, three men broke into the place. <clears throat> and it sounds like that they were messing around until they accidentally locked themselves in a jail cell and they couldn't get out. So they called 911 and the police showed up to rescue them from the cell and then promptly arrested them for trespassing. The cops are still investigating what the men did and there could even be additional charges of property damage, burglary, and stealing. Maybe they get to earn their spot in a real jail cell this time. You can really get up close and personal by interacting with the podcast and get the real-time updates and a little of the uh, articles from the stupid stories that you hear when you join Insane Eric Lane's Stupid World Telegram channel. I'll be posting links to the stories that I read here on the episodes. You are able to read the actual articles, see the pictures, look at the videos, make comments about what you have actually seen or read or even heard about, and even share some of your own stupid stories with uh, everybody in the community. Visit t.me slash insane Eric Lane. That's t.me slash insane E-R-I-K-L-A-N-E. You get a preview of the channel, and there's also an opportunity to just download the, the Telegram Messenger right there from the preview channel right to your device, desktop, or mobile for Windows, Linux, Android, or Apple. And also, you can interact with me as well on social media. Follow me at Insane, E-R-I-K-L-A-N-E, on Facebook or Twitter, or visit the website at InsaneEricLane.com. And now, from the news desk of Insane Eric Lane, it's The Week in Review. Senator Tim Scott unexpectedly announced he has suspended his 2024 presidential campaign, which makes sense because on a no chance of being president scale from one to Chris Christie, he was a solid seven or eight. Nikki Haley is the only South Carolinian now running for president, and uh, she's super relatable because, you know, just like all of us on the phone with tech support, she's constantly arguing with an Indian guy. According to a new survey, Gen Z, Millennials, Gen X, and Baby Boomers all agree that politics should not be discussed at Thanksgiving. They'd rather talk about something less depressing, you know, like cancer or incurable diseases. I mean, bringing up politics might be the worst thing you could do at your Thanksgiving dinner, just behind being that person who brings over a fruitcake, of course. A Swiss Miss Candle that looks and smells just like a cup of hot cocoa, reportedly sold out in a mere four days. You know, because we wouldn't 
truly be Americans if our candles didn't look and smell like something sugary and fattening. And an Australian reptile wrangler responded to the home of a Queensland home where a woman walked out her front door and discovered a large carpet python on the veranda. But yeah, look, this wasn't too surprising for her because it's common to find a large snake when you go down under. <clears throat> Australia really does have so many creepy, slimy, horrifying creatures. It, it's even freakier than what you might find in the swamp at Washington, D.C. And in a recent interview, Megan Rapinoe said that an injury she suffered from uh, during the first final match of her career is proof that there isn't a god. Meanwhile, everybody watching was thanking God for her knocking her out of the match. Megan tore her Achilles tendon, which must be proof that Greek mythological warriors don't exist either. President Biden's latest defense of the economy crashed and burned on social media as people called out his failing policies. And now everyone is asking the person who actually controls Biden's Twitter account to please knock it off. A new survey reveals that cranberry sauce is the most disliked Thanksgiving dish. But those who have been forced to eat green bean casserole over the years would like a word. I mean, people definitely lay off the cranberry sauce. But after being around their families for too long, they're certainly not laying off the sauce. And that viral crazy plain lady, Tiffany Gomez, she's recreated her infamous finger wag as she took to the skies once again. And she did not fly Spirit Airlines, so there were no aliens, monsters, or creatures on her flight. She returned to Dallas-Fort Worth International Airport, the site of her bizarre incident, to take a flight to the Big Apple. And as a crazy person, she truly could have picked a better city to fly into. <laughs> Super Bowl champion Joe Theismann called Buffalo Bills quarterback Josh Allen one of the most baffling people in football. Uh, Josh was going to fire back at him, but didn't even bother issuing a statement because he knew the message would get intercepted. At least Josh will have a nice Thanksgiving dinner. You know, yeah, you know, friends and family say that he makes the best apple turnovers. The U.S. Postal Service reported a $6.5 billion net loss for the 12 months ending of September 30th and said it will not break even next year. Of course, that sounds absolutely unbelievable until you remember that the USPS is run by the federal government. I mean, it really is incredible. Yeah, I mean, the Postal Service somehow lost more money than they did packages. According to a new report from Pew Research Center, Americans' trust in science and scientists has dropped since the start of the COVID-19 pandemic. But look, that should get much better now with Dr. Fauci out of the picture. The percent of American adults who say science has mostly positive effect on society fell to 57 percent. That's down 16 percentage points since just before the pandemic. So it turns out the only thing Americans trust less is a fart after too much chipotle. A Pennsylvania teenager is displaying hundreds of Christmas blow mold decorations across his family's lawn. The holiday decorating craze has really reached levels of insanity so extreme that people are now actually hoping the Grinch steals Christmas. And Aldi is opening the UK's first ever bottomless pigs in blankets restaurant. <clears throat> yeah, and you knew things are bad when even Americans think this sounds like a fat idea. Well, this is really the ultimate experience for pigs and blanket enthusiasts, you see, which is a much nicer way of saying morbidly obese people. 
Netflix has shared the official trailer for the animated sequel Chicken Run, Dawn of the Nugget. Although these days people only want nuggets if they come in 20 packs with honey mustard sauce. Mel Gibson will not be voicing the lead character Rocky Rhodes this time. Instead, he'll just continue leaving heinous recordings on people's voicemails. Jerry O'Connell and Rebecca Romaine say they have no interest in reading John Stamos's memoir, which means these two have never been more relatable to the general public. Now, during an interview, O'Connell referred to Stamos's admission that he felt emasculated during his time with Rebecca Romaine. O'Connell definitely got a good laugh at that and was like, uh, yeah, John, it's called marriage. The owner of the Oakland Athletics met with protesting fans that want the team to stay in the Bay Area. He met with three guys, which is about 25% of Oakland's entire fan base. The team is almost certainly going to be out to moving to Las Vegas. And then they'll they'll go from the athletics to the alcoholics. President Biden openly touted California Governor Gavin Newsom as a hot contender for the White House. But look, Joe is just being called more full of poop than the average San Francisco sidewalk. You know, Gavin is the real driving force behind the state of California. But that's also why so many people are driving out of the state of California. According to a new survey, most American workers say their boss is capable, confident, and fair. So clearly nobody at the White House was surveyed. 63% of workers surveyed say, though, their direct manager or supervisor is excellent or very good when it comes to giving employees flexibility to balance work and their personal life. And the other 37% don't even care because they have no personal life. A subscription box company is seeking a special Christmas movie maven to get paid $2,000 to watch and rank 12 Hallmark holiday movies. Yeah, it's not going to be me. I know that. But look, this won't happen because making someone watch 12 Hallmark movies is considered cruel and unusual punishment. A South African golf course got a whole lot trickier after an angry cobra invaded the green and started wreaking havoc, as seen in an Instagram video that went viral. Jeez, (laughs) this is even worse than the snake you play with who tries to write down phony scores. Cape Cobra on our ladies' tea box was what one caption read to the spine-tingling clip. Needless to say, though, this is really not what most people expected whenever they heard there was a clip involving a large snake in a ladies' box. OnlyFans model Danny Banks says she was thrown out of the Raiders-Jets game after flashing her boobs. But look, this game was in Vegas, so what Danny did is really the least offensive thing you're going to see most nights. Look, there's no doubt that this was uncalled for. But however, look, if you actually watch the Raiders-Jets game, you understand what she was doing was way more entertaining for the fans. And airlines braced for a record Thanksgiving travel. And of course, if you had to fly this holiday, it might have taken an additional three to four hours to have someone pat down your junk. Well, to speed things along, passengers were asked to please wait till after they've landed to start a fistfight. According to a new survey, 54% of Americans still prefer paper holiday cards sent via snail mail as opposed to digital holiday cards. Of course, meanwhile, the other 46% of Americans have no freaking idea what mail is. Just a reminder, if you plan on mailing those paper cards, 
you should probably do it pretty soon in order to give the post office enough time to lose them. A toddler accidentally fired his mother's gun inside an Ohio Walmart. Now, look, in the toddler's defense, the checkout line was barely moving. Here's the really disturbing part. That was only number seven on the list of the scariest things ever seen at Walmart. Sugar prices are also rising around the world after bad weather tied to El Nino damaged crops in Asia. So it's bad. I mean, a global emergency has just been declared by Chris Christie. And this is how bad it is. I, I just had to put a Snickers bar on layaway. David Letterman is returning to The Late Show when he appeared as Stephen Colbert's guest. You know, back when Dave hosted the show, of course, it was actually considered a comedy. I, I really couldn't wait to see it. Uh, evidently, Dave did one of his trademark top 10 lists, the top 10 reasons why Stephen Colbert isn't funny. And finally, the Philadelphia Eagles just released a 51-year-old Bernard Sherman, who played his last game nearly 30 years ago. Let me give you an idea just how long ago that was. In those days, Joe Biden could still cut his own food. And I thought it was just the Eagles offense that was behind the times. You know, I'm open to talk about anything, but love talking about surviving in the stupidity that's always around us. If you're insane enough to ask, I'm insane enough to reply. I'd love to hear from you, either by leaving a voice message or a written message. You can do that at podcast.insaneericlane.com. Leave any comment that you have from a podcast to a question, and I'll be happy to address either one. Your question or comment just might be played and or talked about in a future episode. And if you or someone you know would like to join in on a podcast, you're more than welcome to participate. If you have the Spotify for Podcasters app on your phone, you can do just that. It's as simple as a phone call. Just download the app at your favorite app store and add the podcast here to your favorites. You can also email me with comments, questions, requests at shoutout at insaneericlane.com. Of course, you can also subscribe to the podcast if you listen on Apple, iHeart, Breakers, Google, Verbo, Overcast, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Spotify, or any other podcast platform. And don't forget to follow me on Facebook or Twitter at Insane Eric Lane. Underneath this genius, I'm simply a human. It's like a caveman thing or something. And now this week's Genius Awards. And in this week's Genius Awards, Ohio police are on the lookout for a local man who exposed himself to a customer at a local dollar store. It happened at the Dollar General in Central Center in Chillicothe. Police are looking for an unidentified man in his 20s who saw a woman pursuing beauty items. She bent down to look at items and then turned her head, and that's when she felt someone unusually close to her. She discovered the man standing next to her face with his erect penis exposed outside of his pants. Swiftly taking action, the woman raised the alarm, screaming for the cashier who promptly called the police. Now, the accused male vehemently denied the allegations, hastily left the store without making any purchases. Unfortunately, Attempts to identify the suspect through store surveillance footage proved unsuccessful due to unclear visuals. However, the incident was caught on camera. 
The cashier, familiar with the alleged harasser as a frequent visitor to the store, assured authorities she would notify them if he returned, offering a potential avenue for identification. As of now, though, the incident remains under investigation with no further information available at this particular time. So, what, they usually have cheap junk like Slim Jims at the dollar store, but that's really the only long piece of meat you're going to want to see in there. You know, you should never buy meat at the dollar store, or even whip out your meat, for that matter. And then there's this. After being caught having fully nude sex on a Florida causeway in front of children and other witnesses, a woman told the cops it was always a dream of mine to engage in such a public tryst, while her male companion showed zero remorse when collared. After receiving multiple 911 calls around 9 p.m., sheriff's deputies responded to the causeway in Dunedin, a Gulf Coast city, and discovered the couple having fully nude sexual intercourse in the presence of the victims, which included a pair of juveniles. Now, on the side of the causeway, cops found 55-year-old Sarah Fazekas and 60-year-old Robert Clark fully nude on top of one another, according to the criminal complaint. Clark, cops say, was on his back with his genitals, quote, fully exposed. A witness described the pair's encounter as crack to sack going to town. Fazekas and Clark, both of whom purchased Florida condos in 2021, are pictured in booking photos. Now, while they were taken in, being taken into custody, Fazekas stated that this was always a dream of mine, referring to having sexual intercourse on the causeway, according to a deputy. Surrounded by water, the causeway offers spectacular views of St. Joseph Sound. And along with an exposure of sexual organs count, Fazekas was hit with a felony narcotics charge after cops found uh, clozomopum pills inside an Altoids container in her purse. She was freed from custody after posting a $2,150 bond. Clark was charged with lewd and lascivious behavior, which is a felony. <laughs> Look, we all know there's plenty of reptiles in Florida, but they should have known to never reveal the old trouser snake. You know, these two might both spend some time in prison. And since they're a couple, nobody knows who they'll invite for conjugal visits. Or how about this? A Florida man was caught on camera lurking through a neighborhood wearing nothing but his underwear, socks, and sneakers. Louis said it was a frightening experience. He went outside thinking his wife was home early from a concert and forgot her keys, so he wanted to help her. Instead, what he found was a Florida man, Victor Esquival Garcia, in his boxers looking around his Golden Gate home. Louise woke up about three in the morning on a Sunday to the sound of a rattling doorknob. It sounded like, he said, someone was trying to open it like they didn't have a key. So that's why I thought it was my wife. Louise was more than slightly surprised when his wife wasn't at the door. A zombie? I don't know if he was drinking or on drugs, but he was acting like a zombie, said Louise. Louise found Esquival Garcia from Lehigh Acres clad in nothing but his underwear, socks, and sneakers. When I opened the door, he looked at me, and then I ran inside, said Luis. He ran because he couldn't believe what he was seeing. I, I, he said, I really thought it was a joke or something because he had this has never happened before. The underwear and sneaker-clad man tried to get inside Luis's neighbor's home and managed to get into his car. Luis said that he's grateful to the CCSO for quickly getting to his home. Escuevo Garcia was arrested that morning, but now has since bonded out. You just can't walk around in your underwear. I mean... Where does he think he is? I mean, the men's gym locker room? 
Okay, look, I'm kidding. Everybody knows the weirdos in there walk around completely naked, okay? All right. And what about this? The sheriff's office in Marion County, Florida, is seeking the public's help in identifying a man who allegedly stole $900 worth of products from Walmart, then left it all behind. The incident happened at the Walmart at 17961 South U.S. Highway 441, according to the deputies. The man is accused of filling up a shopping cart with $900 worth of items, including a Bose speaker, a shark vacuum, and then leaving the store without paying for any of it. A loss prevention officer confronted him, and, well, that's when he took off, leaving the cart full of items behind. We need your help in identifying him before he steals again, the Marion County Sheriff's Office said in a Facebook post alongside a photo of the man seen wearing a T-shirt that says, quote, be kind to your mind in a dark colored baseball hat. <laughs> Walmart is kindly asking customers not to steal. And if shoppers absolutely have to commit a crime, please assault each other per usual. Okay. Yeah. Walmart is known for more customers beating each other up. We have Sam's Club, but you know, Walmart is more like a fight club. And you got to check this one out. A man in Washington, D.C. allegedly stole a police cruiser from a local college campus to do a little personal shopping at Lowe's while he remains on the run. Police allege the man took control of the University of the District of Columbia police vehicle from one of their campuses around 3.45 in the morning. Security footage shows the brazen thief, wearing a black hooded coat and black jeans, calmly parked the gray 2020 Ford Explorer outside of Lowe's before he strolled into the popular home retail store. The suspect was captured seamlessly strolling through the store's empty aisles as he loaded up his cart with paper towels and Tide Pods during his casual trip. At one point, the man stops in his tracks in the middle of his shopping to figure out what specific detergent he needs before taking two buckets of Tide Pods off the shelves. Police said that they have yet to catch the suspect, but did locate the stolen vehicle in the Washington, D.C. area. Carjackings in the D.C. area have been on the rise lately, with more than 750 carjackings and over 6,000 stolen vehicles. That's a 98% increase compared to last year, according to police. So he steals a cop car and goes straight to Lowe's, which is kind of appropriate, you know, because he's certainly a Lowe's life. I mean, you knew he wasn't going to go to Home Depot, mainly because someone stealing a cop car probably isn't used to going anywhere with the name Home in it. Then you'll never believe this one. A 36-year-old New Hampshire man is facing multiple charges after police say he broke into a church and then allegedly strangled a police canine and bit an officer who responded to the scene. Police in Manchester, New Hampshire, said officers responded to Our Lady of the Cedars Church on Mitchell Street around 9 at night on a Sunday for a burglar alarm that was activated. The first officer to arrive at the church saw an individual later identified as Paul Lopez of Manchester banging on a window from the inside. The officer then called for more law enforcement to the scene. As an additional officer then began to arrive, police said Lopez could be heard screaming inside the church and he allegedly did not comply with the PA announcements from the officers at the scene asking him to come out. The officers called for canine support, and a New Hampshire state trooper arrived with the dog. Lopez was given warnings that the dog was present, but he continued to yell and shout out expletives, refusing to exit the building, according to police. So the dog went into the building, and police said that Lopez grabbed the animal and started strangling it. Officers were eventually able to take Lopez into custody after significant difficulty, which led to one officer being seriously bitten by Lopez and an officer and a trooper also being assaulted by him, according to police. 
Lopez was arrested and charged with burglary, second-degree assault, simple assault, animal cruelty, police dogs or horses, resisting arrest, detention, serious bodily injury, and resisting arrest. Some would say, there's a special place in hell for this guy. But he already lives in New Hampshire, which is punishment enough. I mean, the story involves a canine, and somehow that isn't the animal that bit somebody. Okay, one more. A 33-year-old Florida woman has found herself behind bars after entering her ex-boyfriend's house, threatening him with a gun, and stealing cash from his dresser. Kiara Strickland was arrested and charged with home invasion robbery with a firearm after the incident that unfolded in Palm Coast. At around 9.20 in the morning, Strickland drives up to her ex-boyfriend's house with her three kids in the car. Strickland allegedly grabs a black semi-automatic pistol from the passenger seat, the same area where her son was sitting, and made her way inside the home. The door was unlocked for an uninvolved friend, according to the report. Strickland's boyfriend was in the bathroom when he heard the front door open, but he didn't know who it was until Strickland appeared in his bedroom. You got anything for me? She asked him while pointing the gun at him, according to the affidavit. No, the man replies. Strickland made her way to the top drawer of his dresser and then grabbed between $50 to $100 in cash. She knew that he had kept this in the drawer. Then after Strickland grabbed the cash, he got in the car and sped off. The ring camera surveillance from neighbors was in line with the victim and witness accounts. So this guy debated staying with her, but ultimately I guess he pulled the trigger and got out of the relationship, which was the right thing to do because she almost pulled the trigger. And all this just to steal a measly amount of money. I mean, that wouldn't even cover a sleazy lawyer for an hour. Nevertheless, you can help spread the stupidity. So share, subscribe, and rate and review the podcast and give it a good five-star rating because this has all been five-star stupidity. When you rate and review, it also helps the podcast to show up more prominently in searches when people are out there desperately searching for stupidity. You can also eliminate buffering if you're streaming the podcast on that poor cell or Wi-Fi coverage area by just downloading every episode to your podcast player. Podcast Addict, by the way, is the app I recommend for optimum performance. I use it. It's free with two types of paid versions as well. Plus, in addition to this episode, you've always got the weekend episode featuring Pancho Guero, my insane Florida nephew. Pancho will, of course, cover some more Florida stories, and he'll even answer your questions with some of his sage wisdom. You can ask Pancho about anything. You can also see how well you do by testing your skill against Pancho when we have our insane game show. And every week after both episodes have been published, I'll be posting articles that were used on both of the episodes. And you can read them all on Telegram Messenger when you join the Insane Eric Lane Stupid World channel. You can also comment about those stories and share some of them with your friends and even post comments or suggestions about the podcast as well. You can preview the channel and get a link to download Telegram Messenger at t.me slash insane Eric Lane. That's t.me slash insane E-R-I-K-L-A-N-E. It's all free and available in the desktop or mobile versions for Windows, Linux, Android, or Apple platforms. And follow me on uh, social media. You can use the handle at Lane on Facebook or Twitter or visit www.insaneericlane.com. And finally, uh, ponder this, won't you? It doesn't matter how old you get. Buying snacks for a road trip always feels like that you are an unsupervised eight-year-old who was given money. In 
St. Eric Lane's Stupid World is produced with the support from Mr. Laugh's Comedy and Large Media, Wise Brother Media, Universal Comedy Network, and EnvisionWise, LLC, and AmeriCountry.com. Theme music, It's a Great Big Stupid World, is written and performed by Randy Stonehill. Copyright 1992, Stonehillian Music, Word Music, Twitch and Vibes Music, and is available wherever you download your music. In St. Eric Lane's Stupid World is distributed by Spotify for Podcasters. Record your podcast as easy as talking on your phone and have it distributed to all major podcast platforms. The editing and music library are all at your fingertips with Spotify for Podcasters. Download the app from your favorite app store. <laughs>